good afternoon, everyone. Well, thank you for these four people. Good afternoon, everyone. You guys are spread out pretty far, and I'm not going to require that everybody moves up, but if it's optional. If you feel like coming up and like casing up here, he's all by himself. If he wants some friends, I haven't met you yet, and you're at a table. And uh, Luke, is it Luke? Luke's over there. If anybody wants to come up. I almost moved this contraption downstream a little bit uh, to be closer with you, but then I, I didn't want to do that to David Jacobson. There's David Jacobson back there. He has done a great job and continues to do so. Well, welcome to Worship Operations, or as I might like to call it, Worship Ops. It's not Black Ops or anything like that. It's Worship Ops. And I'm so glad you decided to join me today on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I'm Matthew Valentine. I work here at the church. Um, I am the pastor of worship operations, and we'll, we'll be obviously talking about what that entails. And I've a little bit about myself. I'm married. I've got three kids, uh, 17, 19, 21, and uh, actually 18, 21. They, keep, they change. In October, the last one will have changed over, and then they'll be two years apart again, the oldest being 21. And I've worked here at New Life for 20 years. That's a long time. That's the longest I've ever been at any job. Five and a half years was my record. Um, and then I came here, and it's been 20 years, and I... Part of me is like, wow, I've been here a long time. The other, the other side of me is basically, where did the time go? I got older. What, what happened? How did this happen so fast? I don't know. But it's been a great time. There's been some rough times. For those of you who are familiar with our history, we've had some very low points here. And during those points, I was always seeking the Lord. What am I supposed to do? I had many well-meaning friends who would tell me, you know, Matthew, you've got to get off the ship before it sinks. And one guy in particular, he, he had five job opportunities for me in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Um, I'm originally from California, so I thought, wow, I, I could move closer to home again. But every time I'd seek the Lord, he would, he would not release me to go. It, every time it was stay steady, stay steady, be an encouragement to the people that are there. And so that's what I've done all of these years. Um, my job has not changed very much through the years. Uh, it, it's taken on um, different facets at times. Um, there was almost two years where I was working as the director of the school of worship that we have. And then when we, um, in the last year I was here doing that, we um, moved it over into the Desperation Leadership Academy. Once my work was done there and transitioning it, then I was able to come back fully in the, under John Egan um, as he had taken the position of worship pastor um, as pastor of worship operations, basically um, administrating. I do a lot of administration. And, but even bigger than that to me is caring for uh, our worship staff, you know, pastoring them and, and uh, inspiring them and also doing the same with our volunteers, which we lovingly refer to as our volunteer army. And so that's, that's kind of what I do here, and we'll go into more detail. But before we get into the, the nitty-gritty, so to speak, um, I just want to share with you, and some of you who know me who are here, and I say a great shout-out to uh, 
all of my old school worship friends, um, you know this. So this is no mystery, but I want to start out by sharing my greatest fear in ministry, and I think it applies here to this workshop. My greatest fear wasn't something going wrong or something bad happening to me or getting fired or anything like that. My greatest fear in ministry has always been succeeding at something that God didn't want me to do, succeeding at something that didn't matter to him, or succeeding at something, I'm just put it a different way, that wasn't his will for me. That's, that's my biggest fear. And so I've always tried to stay in the will of the Lord and, and, and figure out what he has for me to do. And being here over, over 20 years, through that time, ministry has taken on a different definition to me than it did at the beginning. When I came here, I was 26. Oh, I just gave away my age, basically. And um, I came here, and I had a certain idea of what ministry was for me, what I was supposed to be doing. I was listening to the Lord. I was following him, but I, I had certain preconceptions about what it was. And a lot of that had to do with things like what I wanted it to be, what I envisioned for myself. And that'll make sense as I keep going. But really what I've come down to, um, you can define ministry a number of ways and, and th that are accurate. But for me, ministry is meeting needs. Ministry is caring for people. And so what I can do here at all times, and I've been able to do this over 20 years, is look around and look for needs and then fill those needs as God sees fit to allow me to do that. Um, so that's what I've, I've come to learn through the years. But at the beginning, it was, it was you know, I was a worship leader. I still am now. Um, I, I am blessed to be in this position and doing um, a behind-the-scenes job, but still having the opportunity to lead about once every five weeks or so on Sunday morning and then playing in the band, and which, which helps because the band and the singers, are th those are our volunteers, uh, a big portion of them. And so I'm right in with them, um, working with them and serving with them, but also providing leadership to them. But, yeah, coming here at 26... Uh, I, before this job, I had a part-time job. Anybody heard of a, the Foursquare denomination? Uh, that's the denomination I came from, and I was a worship pastor in a church, um, and it, it was part-time. In fact, I, I could not fathom when I came here being paid full-time to do that job because that was not my context. My context was have, have a real job and then work at the church, and whatever they gave me was a blessing. And I think that's the reality for a lot of us. Um, but coming here, when I ended up taking the job here, it, was, it, was, it took me a while to, to get used to it because working full-time as a worship pastor or worship leader, it just I wasn't used to it. Um, I did get used to it, obviously, because I'm still here. Um, but I, I always wanted to be up on the stage. I wanted to be um, able to... Uh, lead and in song. I wanted to be able to inspire people. I wanted to help prepare uh, the spiritual environment and the room that people could meet with God, and then I could get out of the way. And those are all good things. Um, but many times, many seasons in my time here, I've been doing different things. I, I do those things, but a lot of times, most of the time, God is using me 
um, to lift others up, to be a cheerleader, if you will, where I'm, I'm kind of cheering people on and helping them be the best they can be so that they can serve. And many times they're, they're the ones serving more out in the open where you can see them. And many times I'm, I'm serving in the background. And, and I, I've, I've got to admit that there's times where I didn't have the right attitude through these last 20 years where, where I'd go to the Lord and say, how come I don't get to do this? Or how come this person got to do this job and I wanted to do it and I've been here longer? And uh, how many of you know there's no such thing as seniority in local church ministry? Come on. Well, to me, that's a reality. Um, but, but I think it's a healthy one, believe it or not. And so every time I'd complain to God about things like that, he never once cut me any slack. He never said, yeah, Matthew, you were better than that person. I'm going to go ahead and take care of that next week. I will fix it for you. He never said that. He never said, oh, yeah, I know how you feel. Well, of course, he doesn't know that. Well, he does know everything, so I guess he does. But you get the point. He, instead, he would, he would convict my heart and show me the pride that was in my heart. And I would end up, every single one of those complaining sessions to the Lord, I would end up repenting and saying, God, I'm sorry. He'd remind me of all the things he did allow me to do. And he would remind me um, of all the things that he had provided for myself and my family. And then I would just be repenting, and then I'd be thanking him incessantly. So that, that's kind of been the story of my life. Whenever I try to complain, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get any, any comfort, but I get what I really need, which is my attitude adjusted. And so worship operations in, in this job, that's a way that I can serve God with my administrative, and my people gifts um, to lift others up in God's kingdom and allow them to do what God has called them to do. You know, like I said, I'm blessed. It, my job is, or my position is a little bit of a hybrid because I'm, I am serving um, on Sunday mornings and in different areas, but, but day to day, I'm, I'm sitting behind a desk a lot, or I'm meeting with volunteers. I love doing that, getting together with them. I'm Sometimes we're meeting at my office. Sometimes we're having coffee. Sometimes we're having lunch, which is my favorite. Rather have that than I don't even drink coffee. So I go to these coffee appointments, and I don't drink any coffee because I don't like it. I know that's weird, but that's just me. But, but the big thing is I'm freeing up our worship pastor, John Egan, to do what God's called him to do, which really has more to do with creating and dreaming and envisioning and re-envisioning. You know, he's, he's able to lead us, and I'm able to take care of infrastructure and things, in, in, you know, behind the scenes. And you see this picture up here. You might think, why, why would he use that picture for worship operations? And it's intentional why that, that picture is up there. You see this up here, them leading worship. Um, and, but that is a small part. I mean, yes, that's the visible part. But I kind of look at it like an iceberg. You know, where you see the tip of the iceberg, that's what's visible. That's what you see. There's, there's kind of the tip of the iceberg there. But then beneath the water, there's a huge, massive iceberg that you don't see. It's, it's the part that's unseen, the part that's under the water. So a lot of what I'm talking about here today is the unseen part. They're both important. Both are very important. Um, but usually there's more people underneath the surface of the water doing stuff 
um, than the people on the surface. The platform's only so big. You're going to only have so much room for people to be up here. And so it, it's been great because I've, I've found great freedom um, in just going before the Lord and saying, what do you want me to do? And th- the other thing I'll bring up is being here 20 years, I've, I've had many friends in ministry, as I like to call them, people who co-workers and co-laborers that I've worked with. And I have, have relationships with people at other churches and other church staffs. And I've seen many times, especially in, in my own personal experience, people who have come and gone from the ministry and I know people who have left, even here, New Life Church, um, because they weren't getting to do the things that they wanted to do. Um, and what I've learned is you, you, wherever God plants you, wherever he plants me, I'll just put it on me, wherever he plants me, I'm going to do the things that the leadership values that I can do. You know, so I might say, well, I want to be leading worship every Sunday morning. I like doing that. I want to do that. But they value other things in me, like what I'm doing here, that's what I want to do. That, that, that's how you can stay somewhere for 20 years, is you just keep doing what, what is valued. What do they want me to do? That really involves taking on a servant heart and a servant attitude and being able to do those things. And then for me, it's finding great fulfillment. When you're in God's will, you find great fulfillment. I've, I've learned that. When I've gone outside of his will and grab for things that weren't really his plan for me, that's when I did not experience great fulfillment. And so I just, I want to be about his business. I want to be able to, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. And um, so that's kind of me. That's kind of the background for this workshop. I felt like it was important to kind of share those things with you, just kind of you have a better context of me. So worship operations, um, I want to talk about first building a culture of worship and a community of worshipers, and we'll talk more about what that picture is coming up here, but we're, we're, we're trying to do that here. We're trying to build a community of worshipers that are leaning in um, to what the Lord is doing here, but also leaning into each other and growing closer together as a team, as a community where we can uplift one another. We can take care of one another when we're in times of need. You know, we all, we're people. We experience uh, issues in our lives. I know I have here where the team has had to come alongside of me. It, It doesn't matter whether you're in leadership or you're in any capacity on the team. We need each other. I need the team and they need me. And so we're trying to develop that. I've had um, multiple churches in town ask me, can you give me your roster of singers and instrumentalists? Because you're a big church and we could use some of yours. And, and I'm, I'm fine. I believe in we're all one body. We, we're, we're one church and different arms of that and different flavors and all that. But, but that particular uh, model doesn't work for us because we're trying to build this community and so if they're all out doing other things when they're not serving on Sunday morning, they're not leaning in. And so when, when we're not on the platform, we're here. You know, there are exceptions. There are people that have relationships with other churches, and they'll from time to time go and minister in those places. But overall, we're, we're, we're trying to develop this community that, that stays together and leans into one another. We still give out where we can, um, 
but we want to be close and we're we're more we're more effective when we have relationship as a team and as a community and so there's two main components for worship operations for me uh, people is the biggest one people is the biggest one and so those people we'll, we'll talk about here in a second um, but systems is the other side and like i said in the description there's a few tools and things and i'll get to those in a few minutes that have worked for us. I'm not saying and guaranteeing they're going to work for everybody or they're for everybody, but I feel like I need, I'm responsible to share what's working here. Uh, a lot of what I've learned through the years is through mistakes, doing things one way and learning, hey, there's a, there's a better way to do this. And so I'm by no means saying I've arrived and I've, I, I'm sure you can share some stuff with me and you may do that after after this that could be helpful to me, but I'm just going to share what's been working for us. We're constantly morphing, we're, we're developing, and we're changing where we need to. Not changing the Word of God, thank God for that, but changing our systems. But people and systems, people being the most important of the two. So, like I mentioned before, there's two main groups. There's the volunteer army that I'm concerned with. Of course, I'm concerned with the congregation, but volunteer army who are part of the congregation as well as the worship staff members. So let's talk about volunteers and how important they are. I think I'm definitely preaching to the choir when I say that volunteers are important. And I know this isn't necessarily a choir, but how many of you sing in here? Okay, I'm preaching to the choir. Um, I, I like to call volunteers EMPs. Kind of sounds like a medical term. EMPs, and I really got that from my mom. Essential ministry partners. Essential ministry partners. I love that. They are essential. Now, yes, it's true. I work here, and if everybody left, and John Egan left, everybody's gone, and it was just me, all the volunteers are gone, I could I could minister to people, but number one, it's not very fun for me. I like friends to minister with, but also it's not going to be as effective as it will be with, with people around me doing it. And, me, and a lot of times that means me getting behind them and, like I said before, and moving them out. But they add a depth and a quality to what we do here, and they do that in every church. I know there's... Model volunteers, ones that you just love to be around and you, you can't wait to see them. And then there's the other, there's always a few volunteers that are, might be a little more difficult, you know, and, but we love them all. But that, that's life. That's my family. I can look at my family and there's, there's always that crazy uncle. Oh, wait a minute, that's usually me. But yeah, but we, you know, we have, we have, we have those kind of people all around us. And um, so, I'm trying, and when I say I, I mean we, our, our, our staff, we're trying to inspire and appreciate and care for our volunteers and, and help them, help them develop so they can do a better job. And a lot of times that means being honest with them, which isn't easy. You know, you, you, sometimes we get in, in church, local church ministry, we get into this feeling that we can't speak the truth because these people are doing this for free and they're investing their time they're coming out and giving, you know, so you can't say anything um, negative to them. And I'm on the other side of things where I'm saying, 
I am not serving them well if I'm not being honest to help them get better. And I want, I want to be able to do that. So that's a part of it too. But bottom line is we, we don't want to take them for granted. We can't do that. Um, we've, got, we've got to keep them close in our minds and in our hearts and that we are remembering. It's easy when they're good at what they do to kind of forget about them because they're doing their job. They're doing what they love to do, and they're getting joy out of it, and then you, you kind of forget about them. Um, we can't do that either. We, we've got to be meeting with them intentionally and, and helping them grow, and, and, and especially the model volunteers. It's easy to forget them about them. They just do their job, and they're, they're such a blessing to us. But we, we've got to take it further than that. We've, we, we've got to invest back in them, and we do that in a number of ways. So we don't want to take them for granted. We have um, a few different mechanisms, um, for lack of a better word, mechanism is probably not that good of a word. But anyway, team nights is one of them. So we're back to that picture again. You can see this is one of them. Um, and this happens every other month. It's a little different in the summer. Usually we only have one team night in the summer, and that was it right there. Um, one team night. Most of them are right here upstairs, even though this is a tent. Upstairs is our worship office area. You could go up and see it if you want to. There's a big open area there. We clear everything out and move in round tables, and we meet with our volunteers, um, our worship team, and that's every other month, and we're, we're showing appreciation for them. We're feeding them. I, I can't think of anything, at least for me, and I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but nothing says thank you like food. And I know I'm a guy, and I feel that way, but, you know, I love to eat. And uh, I feel like these people look like they love to eat, too, although a few people still have food on their plates. Um, so maybe that, that doesn't work. But, yeah, they, they like it. They, so we are showing appreciation. We're building community with times of fellowship where we're all um, talking with one another. We're laughing. We're having a great time. Um, but we always have um, an impartation of vision, in those meetings. There's always some kind of vision being cast, you know, so they're not, uh-oh, that means I must have got some emails, should have disabled that, sorry. Um, we may hear that again, because I'm not going to do it right now, but we're casting vision, you know, so they, they, along with us, are not forgetting why we're there, why we're doing what we're doing, and John Egan is usually the one doing that, but other, other ones of us on the team are also um, doing that as well. Sometimes there's a devotional or there's a teaching. There's development going on and there's vision being cast. And then, so that's every other month. And then on the off months, you know, it's hard to do, it would be hard to do that every month for us, financially especially. On the off months, uh, we do what we call a team email. And that is, that's an email that goes out to everyone on the team um, that it gives announcements. It gives logistical details that they need to know about things that are coming up. But that's a small part of it. The big part is there's some kind of vision component to that email as well that's going out um, where people are continuing to, to remember that we're in this together and why we're in it and, and that we're being led somewhere. We're going somewhere and we're leading people somewhere. And so every other month, team night, and on the off months, we have... We have the email. Now, back to the team night. You know, we've had, we've had nights where we're praying for one another or we're, we're even um, prophesying over one another, not in some, 
weird way, but in a biblical uh, model. And, and we're, we're ministering to one another. Like I said before, we all have needs. We, we've ha- we have one team member who's been battling cancer, and we've been praying for him. And right now, praise God, he's got a clean bill of health. He's got to keep going back, as you know. Um, but but we, we've been with him through that and through the rough times or when he was going through, through chemotherapy, when he's going through radiation. And, but we were there. He was having to drive up to... Denver uh, from here um, five days a week. That's not easy to do when you've got a full-time job, you're trying to, and you've got a family, you've got kids, and he's having to drive up there five days a week um, to get his treatment. But we were able to be there for him. Um, and we, we've had various other issues that have come up with other team members, and, we, and we've been able to be family to them. So that, that's a big part of this. Um, another thing that we do is we partner with our local ministries here at the church. We have a department that, that does that, and we do a serving time in our city. There's just different serving days that we do every few months, so that's a whole other thing. This is, this is optional. Everything's optional. We're, we're inviting. We're not forcing anybody. Um, we didn't have a huge number here because it's a Saturday. We can't always get a huge number, but... This is, this is an elementary school down in the Knob Hill area. Um, it's an area that, that has um, a lot of single-parent families, and we've kind of partnered among others. We've partnered with this school uh, to help them. It's a public school, and our worship team has kind of adopted that school along with our church where we go down and we help the principal. I don't, I don't see the principal in that picture, but she was there kind of telling us what to do. And we're, just, we're painting walls in the classrooms. We're um, cleaning walls. That's not as fun. Painting is a lot more fun than scrubbing walls. Uh, we're cleaning floors. I did a lot of painting, and I got really painted um, in the process of it. But it was, it's good. We're, we're able to do that and, and be a witness there and, and, and just be a blessing in our community. And so that's another thing that, that we do. We're doing these serving days where we can... We can all do something together. That's, a, that's another way to build the community and a way to bond together and grow together. Um, I talked a little bit about speaking the truth in love, and I, I, I didn't get as specific as, you know, what I didn't tell you is that that climate of being able to be honest and help people develop that begins with the audition process. I'm not going to go into the audition process here in, in this workshop, um, but we do have an audition process for when we're adding people to the team. And I'll just say this much about it. Back in the old days when I first came here, what we did is we'd audition everybody, and then we'd tell them, great job, no matter how well they did. And we'd say, you're going to get a letter in the mail. And we would send a letter, and then the letter will, we told them, we'll either invite you to come or, or we'll not invite you to come. And that's, I know that sounds kind of cold, but that's how we did it. And it was amazing how many, how much backlash over the year, early years I got from those letters, you know, because of course in the letter it said, our door is always open, you know, and so we'd, we'd have people that were upset about that. Um, and, and then I switched over to the method of actually being honest with them at the audition. So I'm just throwing this in there. It's all part of worship ops. Being being honest and, and in a loving way, 
we're I'm 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 telling them when I hear them sing or play, I'm telling them the things that they did well. And then I'm telling them, here's here's what I think you could work on. If if you know, I always say, you know, what's your goal? And once in a while somebody'll say, My goal is to lead worship in a small group. And I'll say, Well, why'd you come to me? But and that's okay, but um I'll say, what's your goal? And usually they're saying Sunday morning. And then if they're not quite there yet, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll just tell them, here's what I think you would need to work on in order to get to that point. Now, we used to do that. what I would call cattle call auditions back in the day. We're just every couple months, we'd say, everybody who, who wants to serve, come on out. It's hard now. We don't do it that way anymore. I'm only auditioning when I have open spaces. We have a pretty large team, and we're, you know, um, four to sometimes eight deep uh, on a certain position. And so what I've learned is that if people are not serving at least once a month, then uh, the quality overall goes down. It's hard for them to to stay up tight with the singers and musicians and all that and um, tight with the team in general. And so Part of my worship operations job is I'm, I'm in charge of the quality that we have on Sunday mornings in terms of what the volunteers are bringing. And so, so I stopped just auditioning everybody because I got tired of telling everybody no and then getting their hopes up. Um, I'm the type of person that would love just have everybody because I love people, um, but I'm not able to do that. And so I just try to be honest in the way I handle this part of it. And so that's all part of that community. So that starts with the auditions. That, the reason I brought that up is because that makes it easier for me to do that along the way. There was a worship team member last week. I, I took them aside and said, hey, things are getting a little out of hand here with what you're doing on the stage. This is what I think you need to work on. And the response I got was amazing. It was humble and Yes, yeah, I, I know, I know, you know, and, and I will follow up. I won't just say something and then just leave it there. I'm going to follow up. You did a great job or, well, you're, you know, you, you still need to work on this, but you did that well. So anyway, that, that's all part of it. Um, and and the, the other thing is we have these auditions, and it's really for Sunday morning, but there are other meetings and venues throughout the campus where, other worship teams are serving. They, they don't necessarily all go through me, but I'm aware of them, and I'm peeking in on what they're doing and watching them. Sometimes I'm recruiting from people from those other meetings as well. Um, so that, that's the volunteers. Let's talk a little bit about the, the worship staff. Now, the reason I have a picture here of an empty conference table is because I think this is a really important thing. We call this lovingly the Viking table. Don't ask me why. I don't know if I quite understand it. I just like calling it that, but I didn't make it up either. So it's the Viking table. Hendy's back there. He could probably tell us what that means. But a lot of unity has happened at this table. Um, back in the day, we did all of our worship staff meetings on couches, you know, and I know that kind of goes along with the stereotype of um, worship musicians. All I remember hearing people well, I meet people all the time on Sunday mornings, and I've been here for years, and they'll say, hey, what do you do for a living? You know, where, where do you work? And I said, well, I work here. What? You work here? I thought you would have a job somewhere, because I think all worship people do is lay around and play guitars all day, you know, and sing, you know, but that's not the, that's not the case. We, we actually do work, um, but we would have these staff meetings on couches, and we would have them right after lunch. 
that is not a good idea. After lunch, I'm tired, you know, and I, I still work the rest of the day, but you sit there in a meeting on a comfortable couch, relaxed after eating, and it's really hard to stay awake. We were not leaning in. We were leaning out. We were leaning, <laughs> leaning back. And so um, John Egan, when he took the position of worship pastor, he said no more couches. Now, he didn't throw the couches in the trash or on the ground. He moved them over and made room for a conference table and asked, is there some conference table somewhere that's not being used? And lo and behold, there was. We didn't have to buy it. It was somewhere. I don't remember where, but somebody wasn't using it or being a good steward of it or whatever. They, we got it. So we got this thing. When we are having our meetings there, we're leaning in. We're sitting up straight, and we're not falling asleep. Um, as you can see here, we are definitely alert and aware. <laughs> okay, the, my favorite part is moose with the ice cream. <laughs> okay, I may or may not have had a, re a lot of really funny slides in here, and I, ha and I took them out just because I knew it was probably not the best idea. But I kept one in there, and there it is. And my good friend Bishy down here took the picture along with many other one, one slides here because I was trying to have a lot of original slide material. Bishy, stand up. He's very good at graphic arts and photography. He's also known as Biahi. Okay, Biahi Tuna. Okay, so anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. Just trying to keep you guys awake. And myself as well. Okay, so, um, all right, so we, with the worship staff, I better switch this because I don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody. Why won't it move? Maybe it was meant to be that that photo is up there. Okay, well, unfortunately, it moved, but I, I'm, I'm going to leave it up there a little longer. Um, I think it will keep you awake. Uh, we meet once a month as a worship staff, and then uh, there's a, another time during the month we meet with the whole, the greater staff, that every department meets. We'd have that usually the first Thursday of every month, although with events and things that fluctuates. But we always have our worship staff meeting um, once a month as well. So we're doing that. And then I'm trying as, as close as I can. I'm not legalistic, um, but as much as I can, I'm meeting individually with our worship staff, you know, twice a month. Sometimes it's once a month. It depends on what's going on and what the needs are. But I'm meeting individually with them, taking care of them, and um, making sure that we all have what we need uh, to be good stewards of the work that God's given us to do. And so we do that as well. And then the other thing in worship operations, I recognize um, that I do have um, the ability to keep the office climate conducive to being productive, but also being fun as well and being creative as well. Um, I know, and this takes some intentionality, I know that if, if I'm coming in and I'm and I'm showing that I'm sad or depressed all the time, that's going to influence other people. Now, I'm not saying be fake or anything like that, but for me, I'm trying um, to help the climate. Now, if I'm really going through something that I really need help with, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, and I'm going to get prayer from my teammates. Um, but, I'm, but I'm looking at that climate 
and I, you know, I don't want to bring people down, but yeah, so, that, so we have the worship staff meeting, the full staff meeting, and then I'm meeting individually with worship staff. There's a more serious picture. Now, the funny thing about this, it's not funny, but the cool thing about this Viking tables, we'll end a staff meeting, and many times, you know, we love one another, so we'll, we, we don't go to our offices. We continue to work uh, right at the table. This, this isn't a meeting. This is us just continuing to work together, and there's no ice cream there which is good. Moose is not doing that. Um, okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about communication and tools. Now, I don't want this to look like a planning center commercial because it's not. There are, there are many other software, uh, web-based uh, programs that can help do things like this. I'm using planning center because that's what what we've decided on, and that's what's been helping us, but I've talk to other friends who use other things that they love. It's kind of like in those of you, any of you that are in the recording world, there's Pro Tools and then there's a bunch of other things. They're all over the place. You can look and find them. Um, so this is not some kind of shameless promotion for Planning Center. And no, I don't get any kickbacks from anybody or any government kickbacks or anything like that. So don't worry. But, um, but there, there are things that we've employed that really help us um, do things more effectively. And Planning Center is one of those, and it was very hard for me to switch over to this kind of a thing because I was Mr. Excel, Microsoft Excel. And I did my, my, my sheets, and I would schedule. Uh, I'm a firm believer in, in scheduling three months out for the worship team. I think that's one of the ways we can um, communicate value to them, that we care about them and their schedule when we're able to plan far enough advance, it's harder to do. But when we do that, we're, we're telling them we do care about their, their vacations and we care about their families and them being able to um, manage their schedule. And so I did everything with Microsoft Excel, and then I would send it out, this email, and I have to keep updating my distribution list, and I'd send it out. And then, then somebody always is going to contact me and say, oh, I, I can't make it that day. And that happens multiple times. So then I change it on the Excel thing, and then I resend it out to everybody. And this would happen over and over and over and over again. So now I finally moved over. And this this was probably eight years ago that I moved over, maybe nine. It changed everything. And I thought, what took me so long? Because there were there were literally years of friends in other churches telling me to to look at different and more than one software program web-based thing to do this and so when I finally did it you know it's kind of old habits die hard I'm just it's hard for me but when I finally switched over it was saved me a ton of time it was revolutionary and uh, so it's a great tool for communication and scheduling remember we're talking about um, taking care of the volunteer army and this is a great communication tool nothing beats face-to-face -face, but you can't meet with somebody face-to-face -face every day when there's that many of them. I, I, I would guess that um, in singers and musicians alone, we have around 60 um, Sunday morning volunteers. It's probably a little higher than that, but I like to be conservative in my estimation. And so you can kind of see this is kind of a home page. I'm just using this as an example because it's what we use. You can put your little logo up there. Um, I didn't bring my laser pointer, but, but anyway, you can see... I wonder if I can get the arrow. No, not in a presentation mode. But 
you can see that up there. And this is my schedule, um, what I'm doing. There's a lot of bass guitars in there because I probably do that more than anything else. Um, but there's some great things. Is this a laser pointer? What? Is it doing it? Oh, it's so small. I need glasses. You guys probably can see it, though. David J., thank you so much. Once again, David J. Okay, so here, um, it's master calendar. You can scroll to the next month, um, view the master calendar. This is one of the most important things, block out dates. And so before I put out the three months worth of scheduling, I send an email to everybody and say, hey, I'm, I'm working on the next three months. In uh, this last case, it was October through December. So put in your blocked out dates when you're going to be gone. You know you're not going to be able to serve, and then I will accommodate that. And what, I, what I'm always reminding people of, because it's easy for people to see an email like that and go on with their day and not do that, but what, I, what I'm trying to tell them along the way is that when they do that, it ensures that they are regularly serving on Sunday morning. Because when they don't do that, I schedule them for things they're not going to be able to make it to, and they have to decline it, and I see that. But I'm not going to go call everybody and say, can you switch with this person? Instead, um, if somebody else drops out somewhere else, I'll put that person in there. But if I've got people that are really good at this, they block out their dates every time, and they're always playing or singing. There's no problem with it. It's the people that, you know, wait till the last minute, and there's always a few. Um, they just don't ever use that part of it. But it's really important. Um, so there, like I said, there's my schedule. And um, the, the top bar is very important. You can see plans. Plans are like Sunday morning would be a certain series of, of plans. It would be a certain type of plan. Then you could have your Wednesday night, if you have, like in our case in October, we start back up with our Wednesday night prayer meeting. Um, so that that's in Planning Center under another plan. Um, my daughter, Preem, serves in Base 56, which is the fifth and sixth graders. She plays on that worship team. And so that's another plan or another series. Then there's the songs. You put all the songs in there. Um, planning center or whatever one you end up using, um, they handle the licensing so it's legal. We're not pirating things. Um, the songs are not downloadable. They're only streamable. And so we're, we're staying within the guidelines of the law, and they handle that. Media, I don't use that, um, but you could put video clips or things like that in there. And then people, that's the most important thing. All of our people are in there. And so you can just navigate to any one of those things. Okay, next here, this is what a typical Sunday morning plan would look like. And you can see um, the date is up there, and the song, you, put, you load in the songs that you're going to do, and that you've, hopefully you've already loaded them into the database. So then whenever you pick that song, it comes up and, and, and with the key, and you can put multiple keys, you can do multiple arrangements. But what's really cool here, and it's hard to see here, but you see these little boxes here. You can't really see what's in them, but there's numbers in those boxes. Those numbers are uh, the resource attachments. The, you know, things like a, a chart could be in there or a link to the YouTube um, channel that has 
a version of that song that you might like to do. Um, lyrics could be in there. You know, whatever. You can, you can add attachments. Another thing that will be in there, uh, we'll talk about not yet, but in a few minutes I'll have Moose help me with that, is tracks. We'll talk about that. That can be really helpful. But you just move your cursor over that, and then like a little window pops out, and it lists everything that's there, and you can just select what you want. You can so you can learn the song. There are resources to learn the song. You can hear hear what you're supposed to hear, and uh, so that's really good. Then to the left we have the people playing on the team, playing and singing on the team. If you scroll down further, you'll see worship leaders and um, background vocals and things like that, keyboards, etc. All that's down there. Um, we also use this to schedule all of our audio um, visual volunteers as well. And I don't, I don't schedule those, but I help facilitate the use of this system with that department. And then they schedule, they've got all kinds of volunteers, big list of volunteers. And they're scheduling different volunteers for the, we have two services on Sunday morning. And so there's a set of volunteers for the 9 a.m. and a set of volunteers for the 11 a.m. service. So you can expand those or uh, compress them. I don't have them so I can see them there because I'm, I'm working with our volunteers down here. Okay. Um, then up here, you got the sound check time, the service time, second service time, and then rehearsal times. And we always do a Thursday rehearsal. That's another thing that we do here is a Thursday rehearsal. We did go for a season of time where we were not doing Thursday rehearsals, um, some years back, and we were making everybody come really early in the morning on Sunday and doing it that way. And at the time, I was saying, yeah, that's cool. I've got another night free. Um, but we went back to the Thursday rehearsal a few years back, and we're not turning back. It really helps. It really helps continue to build that community. It helps all of us feel so much more prepared on Sunday morning when we walk in. And so we end up really just sound checking on Sunday morning rather than rehearsing on Sunday morning. And then part of, part of what we do with the rehearsal, this is, an, this is another thing that's not planning center related, is um, we always try to have some kind of a spiritual component. Now, besides the fact that we're worshiping while we're playing, um, whoever's leading, we have a rotation of worship leaders. I'm in that rotation. Um, whoever's leading is responsible to have something prepared at the beginning of the rehearsal. Um, where we can share, it could be a devotional or just something that God's saying, um, a, a scripture that we've been studying, um, or it could, sometimes it just ends up being a prayer time. You know, there's, we, we're aware of needs, and we know um, team members that are, that are needing prayer, and then sometimes that ends up being devoted to prayer. But the person who's leading worship is kind of leading the rehearsal and that component is always there. The other thing is we do our rehearsals in an hour and a half. Um, we, in all the years I've been here, there, we used to do two-hour two rehearsals. And sometimes those two-hour rehearsals would turn into a three-hour rehearsal because maybe somebody was talking about something and for a long time. And maybe that something was really good, but we, we learned that Long, making people stay for a long time isn't always what they're looking for. If we, if we can come in and we can be very prepared, we have our plan for the rehearsal, and we keep it, even with that spiritual component, we keep that in an hour and a half, we have found that that 
serves people and serves our volunteers and keeps them more engaged and keeps their attitudes better because they know that we're, we're not wasting their time just droning on and on about something. We're, we, we're planned, we're prepared, and we come into that and we, we work it you know, like clockwork. Um, and then there's time people linger around afterwards. They can stay after and we, we talk and, you know, if I'm leading, I'll, I'll stick around. I'll be the last person there. I'm not going to I'm not going to leave early. I'm going to be there as long as I possibly can. Even if I'm not leading I'm, and I'm playing one of the instruments, I'm going to do that. So, so that's another side. I wanted to bring that up in this section. Um, okay, so I talked about the song attachments and the headings, the rehearsal times. So, yeah, you put the rehearsal in there. And then this system is designed so you can email, you can email people with the schedule. You can email them in any given plan. You open it up for this date. September 21st, which was last a uh, couple days ago, um, I, I hit email and I could email, I could email the audiovisual people, the band, the singers, or I could just do one segment of those. You can kind of select what you want to do. Quick email, you know, we're changing one of the songs, or we we just changed the key on a song because someone else is going to lead it. Um, a guy was going to lead it, now a girl's going to lead it. So we changed the key, so we can just shoot out a quick email that that explains that, makes it quick and easy. Um, let's see, let's move on. Uh, this, is, this is just when you, you pull up the people, you can filter out, you know, the worship team, and there, there are a few pages, actually more than a few pages of them, and then you can hit email, and you can send an email to the whole team. So that's how we do the team emails I was talking about earlier. We do it through this. We, we write it first, and then we copy and paste it into this, and and we can, but you can filter different people. I could filter audiovisual people. I could filter singers. I could filter worship leaders. The list goes on. And then this is what it looks like when you're going to send an email up on the left. You see, those are all the people that it's going to, and the list goes down below. You can't, see, you can scroll. You can see the scroll bar, how far it would go. But it gives you that hi and the first name because it slots in the first name of the person, and then from and whatever you want your signature to be. If I wanted it to be Matthew, it would be Matthew. If I wanted it to be Falenti, because everybody calls me that around here, it would be Falenti. And so um, mine actually says, kind regards, Falenti, because I had a great intern here for the last year named Richard, and I'm really sad that he's gone on to a, a great job. I'm happy for him, um, but he spoke that way, kind regards. And I thought, I want to do some kind regards for some people. So, And then when the winter comes, I'll change it to warmest regards. You know, I like doing that too. Uh, there's all kinds of things you can put. Or sometimes I'm just in the mood. I just delete all that stuff, and I just say, hey, worship friends, and then I type my email, uh, much love, Felini, or whatever. You know, you can get rid of all that stuff, but it's there. You can make different email templates, you know, if you're sending a welcome email or a uh, potluck or a pot blessing email, whatever, whatever you want to do. Okay, so um, I grew up with those. Anyway, um, okay, the, oh yeah, you can subtract and add recipients. To, you, you realize I, I selected this group of people, but I wanted this person to get it too, so you can just type in their name, they pop up, and you can add them to the list. Now this is, I talked about scheduling three months at a time and why that's important. Now here's how I do it. Um, this is called the, the matrix, or matrix, as I like to call it. And so this is actually, you're not seeing three months because the screen's not big enough. But 
you can load in as much as you want. That is three months, but I have to scroll back and forth. I can usually see about two months at a time. Um, Maybe not on that screen, I'm not sure, but on my screen I can see two months and a week, something like that, and I can scroll. But it's an easy way to see three months at a glance, basically, and then you can just start populating it, you know. This thing actually will populate it for you. You can do auto-populate based on, because people can set their preferences. I only want to play twice a month, or I want to play once a month, you know, or whatever. And you could say, populate, and it'll do the whole thing, but I don't do that because I build teams based on strengths and weaknesses. You know, none of us are perfect. We are not studio musicians here. Um, I don't know how, if I had a nickel for every worship musician that's coming through here and wanted to play and told me they were a studio musician, I would be a rich man, and I could donate all my time to local church ministry, and I don't have to take a, a paycheck. But everybody thinks that because they played on somebody's CD. When studio musicians usually aren't living here in Colorado. And uh, can I get a witness? No. Okay, so um, anyway, I think we've had two legitimate studio musicians over 20 years that I've been here, and I wasn't one of them, sadly. Um, and most people aren't. And so I am I am putting... Pe- there. Everybody's at different levels. You probably have the same thing on your worship teams. You have people at varying levels. It's, you set the bar somewhere, but not everybody's going to be the same. And people develop at different rates. And so I am trying to strategically build the Sunday morning team. Remember I said quality falls under, under me. I've, I've, I've got to ensure that the, the quality is the best we can get it. And so I'm putting people who might be stronger than others with you know, I have kind of a percentage that I work out where I, I, I know I need this many people that are really strong, and then these people that are, might not be quite as good, they're going to rise up to that level or a higher level than they normally would. And that's why I don't use the auto-populate thing. So I'm looking at it, and I'm building it strategically. I know who needs to play with who. I don't make it so the same people play with the same people all the time. I do mix it up, and we fortunately have enough people to do that. But once you even you start putting people in there, you can drag them. Like if I was in there one time, I could drag and drop myself multiple places anywhere I want to. And it works out really well. So that's a great, great way to do it. And um, let's see. Let's talk about, I'm going to keep moving here. I've got, I'm going to get through all this and and I'm going to let you out on time. So don't worry. Um, One of the things that we've had the freedom to do, especially with, with John Egan, is to kind of reimagine the way we do things. We're not doing things exactly the same way we may have been doing them five years ago. And so I'm thankful to have, you know, Pastor Brady who allows us to change things and allows John to be able to dream and, 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 and envision what, what, where we're going. And we've, we've changed some things. So we've We've been able to do that. One of those is the way uh, we utilize singers and the, the people who are on stage. And so i got to get back on here. So we have the band, obviously. We've got people playing instruments. Um, we have background vocalists, BGVs, as I like to call them. There's four of them on a Sunday morning. And then we also have, you can see them. They're in front of the drums and the keyboards and the bass. And then we have um, 
worship leader, the worship leader, so whoever the person who's kind of tasked with, you know, they kind of have the spiritual headship of that team that Sunday morning, okay? So they're kind of putting the list together. They're seeking the Lord. Um, and, and then there's worship leader two and worship leader three. That's kind of how we do it. And you could add more if you want, and we have from time to time, but generally that's kind of how we do it. And they're also leading. We really believe in team leadership here. When I came here, it was very much driven um, by one person, one person preaching every Sunday, one person leading worship every week. And then people grow reliant on those two people. And so I remember I was the guy, when I came on, I would only lead worship when my boss was gone on a tr- vacation or on a ministry trip or something. And so it was a lot harder for me to lead worship. I would do it, but I felt like, boy, I'm having to win these people over because they haven't seen me in four months or they haven't seen me in five months or six months. And so we're very much different than that. Pastor Brady came in, and he does not preach 52 weeks a year. I think he's somewhere in the neighborhood of 36 weeks. Don't quote me, but I think it's about 36 weeks a year. And then the rest of the weeks are split up with with a preaching team with other people like Glenn, who's normally downtown, and um, Jeremiah and uh, Brad Baker, just different people that we have, um, to name a few. Um, Same thing with worship leaders. So we have rotating system of who's leading, you know, having kind of charge over that service. Then we have a few others that are also leading in the context. They may, you know, you might think, oh, they lead one song. No, sometimes the, I, the last time I led and I had kind of the responsibility over the service, I had myself lead one song and then I split up the rest of it with the other two worship leaders because that seemed like where it needed to go. I, I, and I wanted this person leading this song, and I wanted this person leading these two songs instead of me doing it. But I, but I had the security to know, you know, I'm, I'm still leading here, and I can speak, I can pray as God leads me to, um, but I'm, I'm sharing the leadership. And that's something that comes from Pastor Brady. It comes from John Egan. They're, they're very big on team leadership. I love it that we get to do it that way. Um, so we, like I said, we have the band, we have the background vocals, and then we have uh, worship leader, worship leader two and three. Um, you can see the stage configuration. This is also in the program that I'm using in Planning Center, and this really helps our audiovisual guys. Dave Samuel, he, he sets it up every week for us. You know, the stage changes. Sometimes we have events in the main auditorium where the stage gets clear, and we have to put it all back. But this is a way that we can just, I can quickly, all the blocks are down at the bottom, and I can just drop or drag and drop them on the little stage picture that we have here. You can make a square one. Our stage kind of looks like that, so that's why it looks like that. And you can kind of see where the drummer is, the keyboard player. Uh, we have somebody playing like a synthesizer, keys, pads, and stuff back there. And then Bree is playing piano, and she's one of the worship leaders up front. Um, this was just a few weeks ago. No, this was last week. This was just last Sunday. So you see this one here. It says, with my name, it says DS Ox Vocal. That's um, auxiliary vocal. We, we added that because sometimes we want one more voice up there, or maybe we want a worship leader for. And so the DS, the DS, basically Dave Samuel, I said, sets up for us. So I 
lovingly named it after him, Dave Samuel Auxiliary Vocal. And so he sets that up. You can see that. So that, that really helps having that. It helps our tech team have things set up and organized. Um, Moose, if you, is Moose still here? Moose Barry, Moose Barry, could you approach the, the, the stage, please? Um, another thing that we do, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, is tr tracks. We have tracks. I'm going to have Moose talk about vocal tracks for the singers that help them learn the parts, and then also uh, backing tracks for the band. Moose, take it away. Yeah. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, so we don't have um, a choir. We used to have a choir. Um, so but what we do have is these singers that Matthew is talking about, just the backline singers. There's usually two on the left side and then two on the right. Um, and so we set up this system so that everybody knows what to sing because um, we kind of ran into that a little bit, and we still do from time to time, to be honest, <laughs> um, of people will just kind of go rogue and they'll sing whatever they want. Or they're, <laughs> they're like, I strongly feel like there should be three parts here. Um, so, and maybe there shouldn't be. Um, so another thing to add to that also is that we, we kind of made an intentional move to like have the voices be pretty loud and kind of do the gang thing. Um, so, cause it's just inspiring if you're in the congregation, um, to sing out cause you hear voices all around. So we, that was another move we did. Um, but what we did is we created what we call vocal tracks. So basically I go into Pro Tools, um, and I'll do a really simple piano track, and then I'll sing, or whoever, a girl, if it's a girl song or me, I'll sing every section of the song just one time. So it would be like verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge. And usually, unless there's something extra, that covers pretty much every section. Um, so you have every melody. There's no guesswork with what the melody is. And then I'll go over, and we will choose what harmonies... Um, are going to be on that track. So, and you're accountable to that. Um, so it makes it so that you can't go rogue and make up your own harmony or, or whatever. Um, and so we have those ready for every singer in the band, and we'll, we'll put it up um, on Planning Center in the attachments area. And I'll send out a little email. I'll be like, hey, guys, vocal track for You Make Away is in Planning Center. You can, for your perusal, you can listen to it. Perusal. Um, and so, yeah, typically it's a two-part harmony. Every now and again, there's three parts, but um, the reason for that is because if it's two-part, then that means more people have to sing melody. And that's kind of the goal, um, is to have every, mostly there being melody, and then there's kind of like a supportive um, singing role, which would be a good two-part. But, you know, every now and again... It sounds really good to have three parts. You know, when you go to the, the final chorus or the big bridge and you just go to three, like, that's just what it needs. But for the most part, we kind of push singing melody. Oh, yeah, the backing tracks, right? Yeah. Totally. So what we do is, and anybody can do this. You don't have to have Pro Tools or a crazy rig or anything to do that. You could do this in GarageBand. All you need is one microphone, a one-channel interface, audio interface, and then GarageBand, which comes free with your Macintosh. Um, yep. Yeah, um, so within the vocal track, what I'll do is melody, 
what you know i'm assuming you guys all know what melody is it's just the main um you know it's the song um that's going down the if you're looking at like a stereo image the melody is going down uh. the center and then the second part would be panned to the left so what that means is you could you know if it's really ghetto you could just cover up the other speaker and so you would, <laughs> but I actually believe in planning center, you can control the stereo image um, with that. So if you wanted to, sure. I will walk through the That's melody fire. going down the center. A lot of the times I can't find a girl to sing the part, so I actually sing the part in falsetto. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> a lot of auto-tune is involved with this process. we're trying to do these fast and so we're not trying to make this award-winning grammy nominating you know vocal track it's just like sing it in one take we'll auto-tune it it's true very true we should continue i won't be Oh, three. I will press on for God alone. So obviously the melody is still going to be in there um, because that's going straight down the middle. You can't really get rid of that, but it makes it significantly easier to, to pan to the right or left, and you can just hear that one part along with the melody. So one's panned, one's panned right, one's panned left, and then melody's down the middle. Backing tracks. Yeah, um, this is really fun. Um, me and um, Jared Henderson usually work on these together. Uh, we actually don't have a ton right now um, that we've actually made ourselves. A lot of the tracks, you're looking at me like I'm wrong. <laughs> um, a lot of the tracks that we have um, are our own tracks. So, like, we just have them. So, like, when we put out Banner, Desperation Band, we're going to get the backing tracks or whatever. But if you don't have that luxury, you can make your own, um, which we did. So a song we did this morning, um, what's the one Anna led? Open Up the Heavens. So that one, we just went into Pro Tools, and you, or you do GarageBand even, whatever it is, um, and you just, you put little things in there that you think will uplift the track. Like sometimes there's arpeggiators or there's a tam tambourine or there's a bass hit or a kick drum um in that way you can almost have like a another musician in the band who's not there and so in order to do that did i cover everything with making the track you think oh yeah there's multi-tracks online i actually don't know much about that if you want to apparently we've gotten them from there come on up Hendel. <laughs> yeah um the only other thing i wanted to say when you're making a track is that it's really simple actually it, it seems more complicated than it is so essentially what you do is every instrument or little thing that you want to put in the track all of that gets panned over to the right 
is it the right side? And then you pan the click hard left. And then you bounce it in a way that if you send, maybe you should explain this part. <laughs> so you send it out of a stereo cable. We send it, if it that's, this is the most simple way to do it. You can send it out of your iPhone or out of your computer. Um, and when you bounce click on the left, track on the right, then you can send those to two DIs. The sound guy can then have click on one channel, track on another channel, and control where those are going so that you're not pumping click out into the house. And so that the band can hear the click and play along with the track. And that allows you to have sections of the track that are completely dead where they're not having to lock onto uh, patterns in the music to stay in time. So like a lot of times people play the loops, but the loop has to go the whole time if you don't have click going because then you don't have anything to listen to. Um, I was going to talk about, uh, yeah, a lot of the, the easiest way to do it is to go to multitracks.com. That's my favorite website, and we've worked with them a lot. Um, and they do all this for you. You can mix, they have the original master stems on there. You can mix it on the website even if you want to, or you can buy Pro Tools Logic or Ableton session files to work with if you're a little more advanced. And the, the other thing I want to encourage with tracks is I know a lot of people can feel like tracks um, will just stifle the freedom to go wherever you want to go in a service. And so the philosophy, our philosophy behind tracks, behind everything that we do as far as these tools is that they're just there to uh, enhance the service. And so if at any point it's getting in the way of that, then we just ditch the track. And there's no, there's no rule about the track has to be going. If the worship leader wants to go in a different direction, it doesn't matter. This is what the track says. We set up other systems, which I'll get into some of this in the drum class tomorrow, where you can just completely ditch the track but still have click going. Or if you need to, just stop the track. And tracks, because there's one or two or ten other instruments playing along with you that have all been time corrected, pitch corrected, uh, they're just perfect. It pulls the band together in a way that it's really surprising the first time you do it. It's like there's these perfect instruments that are all just kind of this unity, this force of unity that really pulls your musicians along with you. So there's a huge benefit to it, and there's a huge benefit to your sound guy as well. Uh, once you really learn how to do this, but it's a bit, it can be a big step at first, but uh, my encouragement is that you just start taking those little steps towards being able to do it. And Moose does an amazing job. I don't really make any tracks. Uh, all I do is uh, help get them into the formats where whatever drummer at New Life needs to use them, then uh, whatever setup they have, they can use them. So to make it easy for everyone. And Moose can also do that, so... Because in our case, the, anybody can run those tracks, but the drummer, in our case, is actually triggering those tracks when we're using them. So, but we, we've had other exceptions. You guys, thank you very much. Um, we got about five more minutes. So if, if anybody had any questions, I'd love to try to answer any questions you might have. If you don't have any questions, then I'll dismiss you early. But we, is there another microphone, David, for that? Or do I need to loan mine out? Oh, it could be that. Maybe I'll just. Well, no, I'll just share. Caring is sharing and love is special. That was on a calendar I got one time. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Falenti, um, for your team nights, does it include all tech as well, like people who run sound, pro presenter, video, lighting? Do you include those in the team night, or is it just the musicians and singers? 
It's a great question. Um, it, it includes the tech team that works here. So the, the people who are on staff here and then the instrumentalists and singers on the worship team as well. We would love to be able to open up. When I said we had a large list of volunteers in audiovisual, I wasn't kidding. It's, it's big. We're not really at a place where we can afford to, to feed all of them, um, but we are feeding the, the staff members who are you know, working with us, and not just on the weekend. They're working with us throughout the week as well. So that's who's there. Spouses don't, he didn't ask this, but spouses don't typically come, but we, every few, we, we try to have that. The next one that we have coming up here in October, um, spouses are included in that. Any, any other questions? I'm going to come, I'll go here and then here. When you're doing your practice night, you set it up for an hour and a half, do you work out the immersion or accompaniment then, or is that something that's right? Sunday morning during your service? Um, no, we're trying to work that out then. We don't always say those words to them, but whoever's kind of running the rehearsal is has in mind kind of where they want to go. Now, there have been times where it has changed on Sunday morning because it felt it needed to go a different direction. That has definitely happened, but we actually do try to do that in the rehearsal. Um, I, I'm always more comfortable when I've got that in there. And a lot of times... Some of these times I, I would call them planned spontaneity, where I, it's kind of like, we're going to have room here for this. That's a whole other side of it, but the two that you brought up that John was talking about are definitely part of that. Yeah. So um, you were talking about um, worship leaders, like the worship leaders up front. Are now, are, in your churches, that, are those all paid worship leaders, or are those also volunteers? How does that look like for you guys? It's both. There, um, there's there's some that are paid. There's a few of like Bree was up there. She doesn't work in our worship office. She works in um, facility in hospitality. She reserves rooms with a facility this big. There's a lot of rooms you can. So there's people that are on staff, but as far as paid to lead worship, there's only a few of us. Um, most of them would be volunteers. You know, John, I'm going to name them John, Moose, Corey, myself. I feel like that would be the ones that are leading worship in, in the worship department, although, as you can see, I'm doing other things. Besides, we're all doing other things, but then we have a large list of volunteers. So it is both. Maybe, yeah, no, when you talk, you say the word supervision, it, it kind of goes back to one person's kind of in charge of, of that service, and they're kind of picking the songs and who would lead what. And so in most cases, it's, it's one of us who I just listed off who are in the worship department. Um, but, for example, last weekend, um, Gina, she was up this morning with us, leading. She's a volunteer. She doesn't work here in any capacity, um, but she had the service, and I was up there with her following her leadership. Um, I'm, I was a presence there, and I was, of course, I'm there to make sure nothing's falling through the cracks, but she is a great leader. I didn't really have to, to do much, but 
follow her leadership. So we do have some. Bree, who I said works in another department, um, a few weeks before that, she was the one in that position. But most of the time, it, it, it's one of those people. Um, I have to let you go. Um, but I, I could answer a question or two afterwards. So I want to dismiss you on time, like I said I would. Thank you all for coming.